Sports fans rejoice. You're listening to My Team, My Voice with MTMV Sports. Good afternoon, everyone. This is your girl, Norton Tish, and I'm here interviewing Aaron Hoya. Aaron has a unique um, view of the world of sports, and he is the host of the Hoop Reds Pod. Aaron, welcome. Sure. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thank you for coming on. So, us sports lovers, you know, since you have a podcast, I got a podcast, we're going to get to that, but we're going to start with, um, did you play sports growing up? Yeah, so I mean, I played, uh, so I started, I probably played basketball the longest, I started that in sixth grade, but I played football coming up, baseball, soccer, volleyball, track, uh, the the whole nine, so sports have always been a big part of my life, big, um, big in my family, my, my father on his side of the family, which I kind of, um, I identify more kind of with that side, I guess, I'm closer with that side of my family, uh, they're really, really into football. And I really enjoyed that until it became organized and it wasn't really <laughs> throwing a football around. I wasn't great at remembering plays and stuff like that. So um, basketball has been the, the main love because that's something that you can do on your own. Um, it's something that really engages a lot of um, just mental effort, you know, as far as dribbling, you know, shooting and all that stuff. And you can also do it on your own, which is the main issue with football. I mean, if you don't have someone to throw the football with, it's <laughs> much, much different. So I, I just always gravitated towards basketball. Gotcha. So since we're talking about uh, football and basketball and we're in the football season, who's your favorite team? Who do you root for? Buffalo Bills. All day, oh, every day. So they, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So their uh, their training camp is actually in my hometown of Pittsburgh, New York, where I'm at right now. So oh, wow. thankfully I did not have to live through the four Super Bowls. I was, I was born right in the middle of them in 92. Uh, <laughs> but thankfully I did not have to deal with those. My dad still has not gotten over those. But um, <laughs> yeah, big, big Bills, Bills Moffitt camp for sure. Got it, got it. And also you said you love basketball. Who's your team? Who you root for? It's tough right now. I'm a Cleveland Cavaliers fan. Um, As far as getting into basketball goes, I mean, I, like I said, I was big into football. That's kind of what my family watched. I only had one uncle that really watched basketball and we didn't really hang out that much. So it was was all football. And uh, my mom had a Christian satellite uh, network called Sky Angel, which is based out of Cleveland. And so it was in about 2004, 2005, I think. Um, we moved to a new house and she got Sky Angel. And the only sports that came on that network were Cleveland Clavulier games. And LeBron was in his second or third year. I can't remember off the top of my head. And, you know, I saw him dunk a couple times. And, you know, <laughs> I, I didn't think that uh, basketball was a wussy sport anymore. Gotcha. <laughs> so I can see your family had a big influence in you getting into the world of sports from young. Say that one more time. And so, like, your family had a big influence in you getting into the world of sports since, like, a young age, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. From a young age, I was always playing football, always playing sports in the backyard with uh, with my father, throwing the football around, shooting, shooting baskets. Um, I'm one of six uh, kids in my family, and my dad uh, is one of 12. And so we have, you know, 25, 30 cousins just on that side of the family alone. So I uh, always was playing sports growing up, and it was a lot of fun. And uh, still do that a lot to this day when I get the chance. Wow, one of six, y'all. You hear that? That's a big family. And then you have all these cousins. That's that's a lot of fun. I like my family's pretty big as well, so I know how it is to just be flying out there with them. 
Yeah, I, I never let my little brother win in anything to this day. <laughs> I just had him over the other night. We were playing a board game, and I did not let him or his wife win at all. <laughs> <laughs> so we know you're into basketball. Can you tell me about your journey on in basketball? Like, what got you to? I know you said you started watching Cleveland Cavaliers games with your um, on your mom's network. What got you into really falling in love with it? So it's just you know the aspect of being able to kind of lose yourself um in the sport you know it's being able to relieve a lot of stress get your mind off things um my my parents split when i was younger and that affected me a lot so being able to shoot baskets outside was you know an early kind of decompressor so to speak um and I, I played it um, and really, really liked it. All I could do was shoot because uh, we lived in the country at the time. So yeah. I couldn't really dribble that much. So it was all jump shots and um, kind of built out from there. I went to small Christian schools. Um, I'll, I'll tell you this, the first story. When I was in eighth grade, they put together the, the first basketball team for a Christian school for FLCS. And they scheduled us against the defending league champions. <laughs> wow. I don't, I don't know whose idea that was. Um, our tallest player was 5'10". I was like 5'7 as an eighth grader. And uh, we thought we had a decent team. And then uh, uh, the, the Cortland uh, Christian Academy, we played at their place too. Um, and they took a lap around the court and that was super intimidating to all of us because I think all of their starters were over 6'1". They had two kids that were 6'5", 6'6". And we lost that first game 89-10. Um, but my one claim to basketball fame is that I scored all 10 of those points. <laughs> I, had a, I had a miserable game. I, I think I shot like three of 10 from three and I made one out of two free throws. Um, so I was the only one to score. They were, they packed it into a zone, but they were really just destroying us uh, for the most part. So that was kind of my intro to the game. Um, then I moved in with my father um, my sophomore year of high school and went to Pittsburgh uh, Sutherland High School, which is a really big public school. About a thousand kids, so it was big, wow. big culture shock going from K through 12, you know, 70 kids, 80 kids, whatever, to a high school of over a thousand. Um, and I, I played football. I came in late, so I played JV football and um, didn't really get the hang of it because um, I hadn't been in the system all summer. I wasn't able to practice with them just mm -hmm. as far as, you know, when I moved into the county. So um, I tried out for the basketball team, the JV team. Didn't make that and really was upset about that because I, I really enjoy the game of basketball a lot. So I quit football. And anyone know, who knows me, look at me. I'm like six foot, like <laughs> 280. Uh, football should definitely be my sport. Um, and that it definitely was growing up, but I just didn't really have the love of the game, so to speak. I really enjoyed basketball. So I quit the football team. Um, and the next year I tried out for varsity. And I remember on the first day of school, um, I went into uh, Coach Nally's office. So John Nally is the head coach of the varsity team uh, at Sutherland. And his younger brother, Bobby Nally, runs the JV team, or at least he did at the time. And um, I hadn't been able to do the summer workouts because I didn't make the team. Um, so I wasn't, you know, with them in summer league. I hadn't been doing any of the workouts. So I came in and asked what my chances were of making varsity. He's like, pretty, pretty much zero. <laughs> Just close to oh, zero. Wow possible um you know you haven't been with us you didn't make the jv team uh, it's going to be really really hard for you he's like you know if i was a older brother i would tell you to take up you know another sport you know football or you know track you're a pretty big kid and you know i, I was like nah you know i love basketball and he's like well you know you can still try out and uh yeah i mean like i said i, I don't think it, you have a, you know a great shot and that was just extra motivating for me. I'd been working out um, the whole summer um, at the YMCA doing, you know, 
you know, lifts, runs, um, just dribbling, shooting, all that stuff. Long story short, I ended up making the team. Um, hey. I was, uh, I was the last man at the end of the bench, and uh, we won sectionals that year. Um, had a really, really good team, had a lot of kids uh, go play college ball. And then uh, <clears throat> my senior year, we, we had graduated a lot of our talent. I was, I think, one of only four seniors, but I still didn't play that much. I, I didn't make my my first basket on, on the varsity level until midway through my senior year. So <laughs> I tell people that I was starting left bench when I, when I came to high school. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I really enjoyed the, the high school uh, sports. It was, um, I, I lived in a very, very rich area. Pittsburgh is kind of, um, the, the DMV version, I guess, would probably be like Bethesda area, just a really super rich um, area. And, and my dad delivers bread for a living. Um, <laughs> he, actually, he actually happened to be going back to college at the time. So, I mean, I was working a part-time job all through high school uh, to, to try to pay for things. I was always setting up my own doctor's appointments and stuff like that. So I was fairly independent. And uh, then I, long story short, I went to a JUCO. Um, to, to get my my classes in order, I, I really goofed off in high school a bit, um, and I could have done much better. I finished with like a B average, B plus, or whatever. I just wanted to kind of get out of that house and, and that high school. I didn't really enjoy it that much. You know, sports was a big uh, a big part of the community for me. So um, I got really really lucky. Uh, I, I want to mention this. Uh, so Ryan McCluskey was uh, a, a young man that went to Pittsburgh Sutherland about five or six years before me, I think, uh, somewhere in that range. And uh, he worked as a manager for the team, was very involved in, in the community, and he ended up passing away um, from, uh, from he, he had some type of illness. I'm blanking on what it is off the top of my head, but he caught a cold, and that combined with his condition, uh, he ended up passing away. And so they created a scholarship award um, in his memory with the, that they offered every year. So I remember being in the, uh, the graduation from my high school, and <laughs> they, they were calling up all of, you know, the... Uh, honors club members and you know all these people you know all these kids that were you know high achieving and did 500 community service hours and all that stuff and they they called my name and I was like wait a second <laughs> I turned to the guy sitting next to me and I was like did they was that me you know because I'm not trying to go up on a stage and then you know not have something easily like, no they definitely called your name so I went up and uh I, I won. Uh, I was awarded that that scholarship opportunity, which is the biggest uh, cash amount that they gave out. I think it was two thousand dollars that I was able to put towards my first semester of uh, community college, and I wouldn't have been able to do it without that, uh, financially speaking. So that was huge. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah, really, really big. Um, I wanted to go to UNC Chapel Hill. That was my dream school. So after two years of MCC, I applied. Um, of course, the year that I applied, they switched over to doing the Common App to do uh, them online because they're all paper applications before that. So the year that I applied, they had like two or three thousand more applicants, and their out-of-state acceptance rate um, for transfer students that year was six percent. So long story, <laughs> it's pretty easy to tell that I got denied from there, um, and I'd gotten into my safety schools, a bunch of us. Uh, state universities so SUNY schools in New York and uh, visited a couple really really liked SUNY Cortland which is where I ended up going uh, it's a small D3 college uh, just south of Syracuse um, they have sponsored by Under Armour their sports programs are really good sports management programs really good I saw classes let out on my visit with my mom and everyone was wearing hoodies and you know sweats and stuff like that and I was like these are my people <laughs> so I uh 
really enjoyed my two years at Cortland. I tried out for the team both years. Um, my first year, I, I sprained my thumb like a week before tryouts. And the second year, the NCAA denied my insurance plan like the day of tryouts. Uh, so I wasn't able to do that, but I was able to be a manager. Um, so I worked there uh, for a year, took two years off, worked for Habitat for Humanity doing construction work. Um, and really wanted to get, you know, give back to the community and help out and kind of figure out what, what my plan was. Uh, the first year was in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I picked that mainly because of the basketball. Um, but because I wasn't from the area, it's hard to make connections. Um, and I didn't really do much with basketball. And I actually ended up the next year in Hawaii, living on the big island of Hawaii. I lived there for a little under two years and uh, really enjoyed it, made a lot of friends, but you know, it wasn't doing anything towards my basketball coaching career. So um, I went back and um, was, was trying to look into opportunities. And my best connection was with the Syracuse video coordinator, Todd Blumen, um, who runs Coach Bayham's camp um, up at Syracuse. Cause I'd worked there for five or six years. Um, it's the closest kind of big camp in the area. And I asked him if I could work for him. And he said, well, you got to be a student. And I was like, well, I'm definitely not <laughs> going there for undergrad and dropping 70 grand or whatever it was for tuition. So I looked into grad programs. I found one in intercollegiate uh, athletic advisement and support. And uh, it's a 15 credit in and out uh, graduate certificate. So I figured, you know, I'd be able to get some graduate level coursework done. Uh, work for Syracuse and, you know, create some, establish some connections in the area. So that was really, really cool. Um, really great opportunity. I, I kind of, if we're being honest, I wish I had taken more advantage of it. Um, as far as kind of my work ethic, I feel like I kind of got too comfortable at times there, but um, I was in the, uh, the television nest. Um, so, you know, the ESPN camera was like two or three down from me uh, from where we were filming. So I mean, if I wanted uh, if I wanted to be on TV, I could have been, <laughs> but it was a really, really great opportunity to see a really high level um, basketball program. Um, Hall of Fame coach and Jim Beheim being able to watch practice. Um, I watched all of them up from the uh, film room and controlled the cameras to record practice. So I got to kind of see how he runs things, uh, see how he deals with players and stuff like that. Uh, so it was a really great opportunity. Um, I promise I'm almost done. I'm sorry. This ended up being oh, a really you're fine. long like, the answer. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I was in grad school and I went to the NABC conference, which is the, the National Association of Basketball Coaches. They have a conference at the Final Four every year. Um, and that year it was in uh, San Antonio. And I scraped together enough money to, to go out there um, and really, really enjoyed it. Uh, met a lot of good people. Uh, it's kind of like, it's just a huge networking convention for high school coaches, college coaches. Um, they put on a bunch of clinics every year. So, you know, high, high level division one, division two, division three assistant, you know, head coaches, um, you know, give speeches. They show how defenses work. Um, they do chalk talk as far as, you know, running plays and showing what they run in certain situations and um, things like that. So it's, it's just a great opportunity to learn. Uh, it's kind of just like a, it's kind of like the first week of college as far as, you know, just getting to know so many different people, learning so much and just, you know, really enjoying the environment. I really love San Antonio. Ended up getting a really cheap uh, seat to watch the national championship game, uh, watching Villanova beat um, Michigan in that game. So that was really cool. Um, and I, I came back from that. I I'd, I'd attended a, a clinic put on by Don Showalter, who, who runs the Team USA uh, youth division. So 
all of the teams underneath the national team. So like the senior national team, you know, with LeBron and, you know, KD and all those guys. So he runs every Team USA team underneath that. So U16, U15, all that. So I really, really uh, loved his seminar. Got to know him a little bit. Got to uh, chat with him a bit after the session. And so when I got back to Syracuse, I was actually on Twitter. Um, Twitter actually did something positive for once. Uh, <laughs> I was uh, just looking at what Coach Showalter put out. And I was like, you know, uh, he had retweeted something from Coach Jones' page, Mike Jones, the, the head coach of DeMatha Catholic. So I was on Coach Jones' page. And, you know, I'd obviously heard of DeMatha because of, you know, the huge history of our program as far as the guys that have come through there. Um, and the success of the program, uh, especially everything that Coach Wooten built, uh, Morgan Wooten, that is. Um, and so uh, I was looking on, on Coach Jones' page to see what he puts out, and he'd retweeted something from Mark Stern of Capital Hoops, which is a uh, local highlight company that, that travels to the different games in the DMV and puts together highlight tapes and interviews, giving a lot of kids exposure. And he doesn't just go to, you know, the high level high school games. He goes to a lot of, um, you know, the, the public school games, the, the schools kind of in the middle of nowhere in Maryland and Virginia to try to give these kids some exposure, you know, because yeah. one interview can mean uh, a huge thing to, to getting a kid an opportunity to at least um, be seen by college coaches. So anyways, they were running a summer league. Coach Jones started that, I believe, eight or nine years ago now, maybe 10. Uh, the first year of the summer league, they had 12 teams. And the year that I started, which was two summers ago now in, in summer of 2018, um, there was 30 teams in the summer league, which is a lot. Um, Coach, Coach Jones had put Mark in charge of the summer league and, and let him run it. Um, and every single game of the summer league, so there's the 32 teams, they each played 10 games, uh, not including playoffs. And for each game, we put together a highlight film, we put together an interview, and then we put together a write-up. So... Um, I had some experience. Uh, I, I neglected to talk about the Razor Sharks, sorry. Uh, so when I was in junior college back in Rochester, I worked for the Rochester Razor Sharks, which is a semi-professional team uh, as an intern. And so in, in talking to Mark about um, work in the summer league, you know, he's like, it's an unpaid opportunity, but, you know, it's, you know, the best area for high school basketball in the company country, you know, at a great school. Um, and obviously, you know, you'll be able to network a lot and, and get to know people down here. So even though it was unpaid and, uh, you know, 300 or 400 miles away from uh, upstate New York, where I'm from, I figured it'd be worth the opportunity. Um, and uh, I was just like, you know, I, I need some sort of job to, to keep me afloat. <laughs> I can't live off unpaid work. So I asked, uh, I asked Coach Jones if uh, I could work the uh, summer camp. And uh, he said that he only hires people that, that he knows or that he's met before. So I said, okay. So I, I drove down from uh, upstate New York to six and a half hours uh, down to D.C., uh, down to the Maryland uh, in Hydesville. Um, and so I attended the information meeting for the summer league. Um, so got to know some of the coaches that night and, and running through, you know, what to expect. Um, you know, talking about uniforms, you know, all the, all the ins and outs of summer league. So I, I did that, and then I, I interviewed for the uh, for the summer summer camp uh, coaching job at the math. So I was um, I I moved down uh, to Maryland about um, I think it was the end of May, uh, whatever that holiday is. I think it's Labor Day uh, or Memorial Day. Memorial Day. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. I, uh, I drove down then, had to fight the Memorial Day traffic, and I actually didn't have a place to stay. I had everything that I own in a car, um, in my car, a little Honda Civic. And uh, I, I had Airbnb houses that I, that I figured out for the first two weeks. And I was uh, blessed enough to find a, a really nice house in College Park to rent a room out of. Um, got really, really lucky. God definitely put together that opportunity for me on really cheap housing in uh, Maryland, right up the street, about 10 minutes from DeMatha. So I got all settled and you know, I was at DeMatha for the, the kids camp um, at, I think that started at eight every day. Um, I think it started at nine, but we got there at eight because kids started arriving at 8.30 to shoot and stuff. So I would do that until five or six. And then we would switch over to summer league. And I'd work summer league from five until 11, 11.30. Uh, you know, I was mainly kind of put in charge of kind of um, supervising the, the interns. So Mark had so much on his plate as far as filming the games, communicating with coaches, making sure that, that everything's kind of in order. There's a lot of moving parts that go in with summer league, you know, trainers and refs and, you know, all that, all the organization that goes in with it. So he was handling a lot of the administrative stuff and I was kind of handling the stuff with our team. Uh, we had 27 interns, I believe at the start of it. And we had games uh, seven days a week. So we went uh, five to 11 during the week. And then we went 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Saturday and Sunday. And me and Mark were there pretty much every day <laughs> for, for like five or six week spans. So um, two or three days a week at the math that we have uh, what's called the breakfast club. So at our basketball camp, um, a lot of our players uh, on our freshman JV and varsity teams work the camp. Uh, they make up most of it. Uh, some of our alumni come back and work it. And then our coaching staff is obviously very involved. Um, and so our, our kids come there in the morning anyways, they have to be there at eight. So we, we have workouts two or three days a week uh, that start at seven. Um, to, to put in some, you know, dribble workouts, shooting workouts, all that stuff, conditioning. So some days I would, I'd, I'd get there by seven to, to help run those workouts with one of our assistant coaches. So just, uh, I mean, it was a lot of work, obviously, um, just, just really, you know, pretty much living in that gym, but, you know, it's a great opportunity that was given to me. Um, and I made the most out of it. Uh, I actually ended up being hired um, in the, the current role that I'm in now. So I work with the freshman team as an assistant coach, and then I do video for varsity. Um, so, uh, you know, things kind of finally worked out, so to speak, this is my first uh, coaching position. Really, really glad and really thankful that, that Coach Jones entrusted me to be a part of this program, um, even though he really didn't know me before summer league. I mean. Um, every pretty much every coach that's every coach that's on his staff grew up in the area in the DMV and uh, most of them played at DeMatha and most of them played at DeMatha under coach Jones so um, you know we really like to keep it in the family at DeMatha so I was really blessed to to be able to be a part of that to see a program uh, up close I mean coach Jones just got his 500th win uh, this past year with another WCAC championship um, just a national coach who works with uh, Team USA. Uh, I believe he won the gold medal with the U16 team uh, last summer in Brazil. Um, so just to be able to learn uh, from a coach of, of his caliber has really been a blessing and, and really jump-started my, my career, so to speak. I'm in a, a great situation where I'm able to learn and also uh, positively impact lives uh, in these kids. So that's that's my long-winded answer to your uh, basketball journey question. <laughs> no, great. And it's such a – what a journey it was, my goodness. 
all those ups and downs. Like I totally like I love I love a good like heroic story at the end because definitely all that going through all that to just end doing something you love to do, which is basketball and coaching. So like what would be one of the greatest joys of coaching? Yes, you get to mold young minds, but like from your perspective, since you are assistant coach. I think it's really great. I mean, this started kind of working the summer camps. You know, you work a summer camp one year and then and then the next year, the, the best part about that is you get to come back and you get to see how the kid has developed, mm-hmm. you know, how he's gotten taller, um, how he's maybe trimmed up or, you know, his jump shot's falling now or he's more athletic or, you know, he was shy last year. Now he's, you know, come more comfortable in his own skin and is, you know, cracking jokes with, with, with people. It's, it's really cool to see, uh, the, the development, um, of these young men at Dematha. They're in a really great situation. Um, our, our thing is, uh, to create uh, faith-filled gentlemen and scholars, um, at, at Dematha. So, I mean, obviously they get a great education, but, um, also to, to be part of, you know, such a storied program. I mean, Morgan Wooten, um, is one of two high school coaches that's inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame. Um, he coached for, I don't remember the specific year, it was around 40 years. I think he was in four or five different decades. Um, and in those 40 years, he won 36 uh, league championships and six national championships. So, I mean, I, I work in the old gym, the freshman practice in the old gym, and so you can see the, the banners and this man almost won 1300 games and he didn't even lose 200 it's it's absolutely unbelievable kind of that level of success and the foundation that that he built um so you know to be able to be a part of that and to be able to learn um from from that high level um of uh, like i said you know learning from a high level coach like coach jones being able to see you know how he impacts kids but also how he motivates different kids um that that's probably my my favorite part about it um just learning that it's not a it's not a one size fits all, you know, you can, you can really get into a kid and lay into a kid and yell at him. Um, and it's effective. And for other people, you know, it will really uh, go the other way and, you know, really make them, you know, hurt their confidence and stuff like that. So I really enjoy working with the freshman team. Uh, there's, you know, my name isn't going to be in a newspaper. <laughs> you know, we don't have media at our games. Um, and it's just really focused on development um, and, and really learning. These kids really want to be a part of this program. They really want to wear the math on their chest. Um, and uh, they, they really want to be there. Um, so it's it's a great situation for me. And, and, and to answer your question, I mean, it, it, like I said, it's really that development of the kid. Uh, getting to see um, now I'll have two classes of kids that, that I was a part of the coaching staff that, that was working with them for a year and being able to see some of them progress to varsity, you know, some of them go into uh, you know, one of one of my kids uh, started his own clothing line this past summer uh, during COVID. You know, when when the pandemic hit, him and his brother uh, Darius started a uh, uh, Darius Vance. Uh, he was on my freshman team this past year. He started his own clothing line. I mean, so to be able to see, um, you know, a, a kid like him that was really really shy at the beginning of the year, we really had to drag the leadership out of him at some points. <laughs> you know, we really had to, you know, say you got to be vocal. You know. It, that these are the things that come with leadership. It's not just uh, being a captain and going to the to the circle and talking with the rest before games or, you know, looking cool because you can say you're the captain. Yeah. A lot of stuff that comes with it. So to be able to see the development in those young men is, is really special. Wow. And it, it sounds like you guys just, it, you guys just on the court and off the court with these young men, help them grow into 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, young men to grow into full grown men, and that's what's up. And mm-hmm. have and we and to be a part of the Mathis his, like long history is must be a joy. Mm-hmm. So, what can we expect? Like all these Dematha fans, because you are in the high Mathis in Hyattsville, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of people in Maryland that rep Dematha hard. What can they expect this year? Do you think um, on the court? So with my freshman team, I, I haven't been able to meet them yet. Um, you know, we've been doing uh, virtual since the start of the year, and I think we're virtual until October 23rd, last I heard. Oh, um, a decision will be made as far as uh, in-class, in, in-person learning. Um, so I haven't been able to meet with my team. I've actually been home for the past two weeks in uh, upstate New York, working, helping family, and going to weddings. So um, I, I can't really speak much to the, to the freshman team. Uh, there's a lot of talent on JV, a lot of uh, talent on varsity. I mean, we have Rodney Rice is a, a national name that transferred in um, from from a local school to uh, join us as a, a junior this year. Um, he's super highly touted and, and he's a phenomenal kid really really humble really hard worker really excited about him uh Jacoy Hutchinson uh is starting to pick up some national buzz he's going into his sophomore year uh he worked plays for team takeover and had some really good showings in uh some of their recent games and tournaments and just was ranked in the top I think he was ranked 20th in the country uh, for his class and ESPN's most recent ranking. So uh, him, Jordan Hawkins, Tyrell Ward, uh, we got some senior leadership coming back. Elijah Hawkins, um, great guard, uh, Will, uh, Will Reynolds, uh, really, really explosive guard. Uh, we're losing a lot. We're losing our seven footer, Hunter Dickinson, um, as well as Earl Timberlake. And then one of our senior captains, uh, Donovan uh, and, uh, and Ant. So it's uh it's a situation where I think our offense is going to change a lot, you know, going from having a seven footer to, I think our tallest player is Jarrell, Jarrell Roberson. I think he's about six, nine now he's more of a shooter. So I think our offense is going to change a lot, but um, we, we have a lot of, a lot of young guns that have been working really hard during this uh, pandemic to, to keep their, their bodies in shape and, and to be ready for the season. If, and when uh, we hear a decision about, you know, playing. Gotcha. Well, I hope and that they get to play. Hope everything works out with COVID regardless because I, I, when I was in high school, I thought I was tall and I'm five, six. <laughs> and they hear this young man there, seven foot tall, my goodness, in high school. So that's just so cool. I want, I can't wait to see, um, I, I hope we get a season. I definitely can't wait to watch the, the Matha games because they are, they are great. They're, you're right. They're great. So you are also not only um, doing your own thing with um, the math, but you have a podcast called yeah. the Friends Podcast. You want to tell us a little about it? Yeah. So I started that uh, during the pandemic. I think it was in May. Um, I've been wanting to do something kind of in that vein for, for quite some time. I, I have a lot of conversations and uh, conversations is a nice word. There's a lot of arguments with my friends about uh, basketball, you know, as far as, you know, which player is better than the other player. And um, I really enjoyed, um, you know, as a high school coach that eventually want, wants to work at the, the college level, I have a lot of conversations with, uh, you know, some people that I've met that, that work at the college level. And I'm like, you know, this is really good stuff. I want to be able to share this with, you know, other people. This, this can help a lot of folks, you know, in their journey, kind of people that are in similar situations to mine or just people that are looking to improve, you know, on their own productivity or, you know, mindset, you know, a lot of, a lot of the stuff as far as mindset mentality that, that goes into sports can be really applied to life, uh, you know, work ethic and all that. So um, I just decided to, to get it going. I started with uh, 
Mark Stern because that's kind of where everything started with me. Um, and then I've interviewed, you know, a, a lot of different people. You know, uh, a stats person, a local uh, local guy, Jake in the Paint that uh, covers the draft. Um, I got to shout out the stats guy, Marcel. He's going to get mad if I don't say his name. So he works for legit stats, uh, uh, sports stats in the area. A lot of um, people I've talked to at, at the college level that um, work in the rooms. Um, a lot of uh, folks that I've talked to that, that work at the, you know, I just recently interviewed um, who's the associate head coach at SUNY Cortland, my alma mater. And uh, I mean, I was a senior when he was a senior captain on the team. So to be able to see him go from, you know, a player to, you know, a leader to, you know, associate head coach that will be a head coach very soon. Uh, that it's been really special. It's been really cool. Uh, I look forward to it every week being able to talk to different people uh, and learn, you know, selfishly to learn myself from their journey, but also to be able to broadcast that and share that with other people. Um, there's just so many uh, cool people that were, you know, created and put on this earth um, that, that have amazing stories to uh, share. So I started doing it, um, like I said, during the pandemic, I just had you know, a lot of spare time on my hands for sure. Um, but it's been something that, that I really look forward to every week. I try to put out um, stuff every week. I've recently downgraded that to just doing once every two weeks um, to be able to focus on some of the other stuff that I have going on. So it's, yeah. it's been really great. It's been a great networking opportunity, getting to know a lot of coaches that I haven't spoken to before. Um, you know, there's a, a local high school or a, sorry, AU coach that I'm going to be interviewing next week. And I've heard a lot of great things about. Um, I haven't really spent a lot of time with them in general. So to be able to, to talk to people and learn their journeys and just get connected in the community and kind of learn how um, other people are impacting lives, you know, through coaching has, has been really great for me and something that I look forward to, to continuing um, throughout the, the next few years. It's been awesome. Yeah, it just sounds awesome. And I need you to let my viewers know where where can we find your podcast? Like we want to shout you out. We want to listen and tune in and get to know, you know, learn something ourselves. So we are available on iTunes and on Spotify. Um, I created a Facebook page, but that not a ton of traffic there. Mainly on Twitter. I put out some uh, social media clips on Instagram. Um, so that's I'm checking it right now to make sure I don't give out the wrong one. So it's Hoop Threads Pod um, at Hoop Threads Pod on on Twitter and IG. Um, and I like I said, put on an an episode you know every week every other week uh most of the stuff that you'll see on instagram uh that's all going to be social media clips so just you know minute minute and a half long clips uh the full episodes are always tweeted out every week on on twitter uh, i try to talk to different folks like this past week i, I talked to kyle williams um, who works for team takeover also works for the sidwell school he started a a, uh, a program called the long talk um about the uncomfortable truth, which is talking about issues of race um, in uh, in American society, trying to educate uh, coaches specifically, but also just people um, across this country getting involved in, in setting up uh, chapters on college campuses. So uh, wow. to be able to talk to him about his program and, and you know whatever platform I have, trying to uh, to, to show him love and, and, and his what he's put together through a long talk, it's been really impactful on me. Uh, I went through the program in March. And so to be able to uh, talk about it, the impact and um, kind of where he sees it going and, you know, how, how people can get involved in all that, it's, it's been phenomenal. 
wow, Aaron, you have such a dope life and you <laughs> so many cool and ups and downs, but it's just at the end of the day, it all turned out great and you're doing the work and I can't wait to tune into your podcast. I can't wait to hear some of these interviews and I'm going to make sure I shout you out on Twitter. I got you, bro. <laughs> and on Instagram as well. So I don't want to take up any more of your time, Aaron. Thank you so much for stopping by my show and just chatting with me for a little bit and giving us your sports story. Yeah, yeah. Let me share a quote real quick before we go. Oh, that, please, that yes. Really, really helpful for me. Um, it's, you know, being lazy is uh, really disrespectful to those who believe in you. Um, that's been really important for me in moments where, you know, I, I get complacent in life or, you know, I get frustrated with, you know, X and Y not not working out or not working out as fast as I wanted to. Um, the, the the work ethic is, is going to pay off eventually. So I think, you know, kind of my message is, you know, just that I'm just a five, you know, 11 white kid from upstate New York that ended up being involved in, you know, one of the best programs in the country. And, you know, that a lot of that is tied to, you know, just work ethic and just not not giving up on things and, and continuing to, to fight um, through, through stuff. I mean, there's there was times that I had to take you know, a bus from my mom's house to get to MCC. And then from there, you know, going to downtown, working one internship, you know, and swinging by in the afternoon and working a different camp. And so uh, there's been, you know, so many times that I wanted to quit and I'm, I'm very glad that I didn't. And, uh, you know, things will uh, all work out in due time. So that that's kind of what I've been trying to focus on recently. Um, and just, you know, maintaining that positive attitude is, is super important to that uh, personal development as well. So just wanted to share that before I head it off. No, thank you. Cause I agree with 100%. That was very deep. I really hope my listeners step <laughs> in and get that. <laughs> Absolutely. So again, thank you, Aaron, so much for stopping by and I'm going to keep rooting for you. I'm going to keep supporting you. and know support always takes us to the next level. So yeah. thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Bye.